Why, hello there. It's me, Amy K. Bormitt, and you're listening to the Hometown Sounds Podcast. Mmm.
Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Hometown Sounds podcast. We show you how DC rocks. I'm Paul Vodra, and my guest this week is Amy K. Bormitt, jazz diva. <laughs> I prefer queen. Yeah, we'll yes. go with it. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. My pleasure, Paul. I have wanted to have you on for so long. It's finally happening. I'm so excited. Dreams do come true, everybody. 2023. <laughs> That song, start out in the podcast, was called Let's Make a Change. It is by Amy K. Bormitt. What is the story of that song? Sure. I wrote that um, for DC Art All Night when we were doing the, the virtual DC Art All Night, which was extra sad, but it was <laughs> something to do, and uh, we did it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that was like um, end of September in 2020, and I wanted to write something to inspire people to go out and vote and mm. do their thing. Because so. we needed a change and we did it. I take full credit yes. um, for the District of Columbia vote, our one electoral vote. We really put it over the top. <laughs> Every little vote counts. <laughs> go DC. <laughs> oh, man. So you are the founder and um, chief of everything. <laughs> Of the Washington Women in Jazz Festival. I am chief and, of everything. And in 2023 will be the 13th annual Washington yes. Women in Jazz Festival. It's very lucky. I'm, I'm very <laughs> excited about the number 13. I'm just rolling up, you know? Yeah. It's, Everything's going to go great. It's going to be perfect. <laughs> Jazz, just yes. like it always is. That's right. It's mm-hmm. absolutely meant to be that way. Yeah. The music is about perfection. A lot of people don't know that. But if you don't play the right notes, you'll get you'll get booed. Oh, that's yeah. terrible! Mm-hmm. Wow, that's mm-hmm. harsh. That's why I transcribe all my solos from Miles Davis and I play them verbatim. That sounds really hard. <laughs> <laughs> People do that, you know, like on Instagram, they'll be like, "I learned this solo; it's an Art Tatum solo." And I'm like, "Oh man, like I really did not need to hear that today. Like I I would rather listen to just Art Tatum, yeah, than you play Art Tatum on top of Art Tatum. Oh, it's a weird vibe. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But yes, I am the chief executive jazz officer. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's happening March 5th through 27th. Yes, all of March. All of March. <laughs> Pretty much. Just not the first couple days and forget the end. But no one remembers those parts anyway. Exactly. Um, what can you tell us about the festival this year? What are you doing? Ooh, we got a big beefy festival coming up. It's going to be uh, a wild one, a really wild one. I, the, for the first time, we're doing shows at Blues Alley. I've got a residency, so I'm doing every Monday in March. I'll be at Blues Alley. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got uh, all sorts of wild things happening. I have a, a new magazine that's coming together. It's called The Turnaround. Wow. And I have two wonderful editors, A and Cameron, that have been working on it with me very patiently. Shout out to them for making it happen while I'm just like, what if we put more purple on it? 
Um, uh, they've been holding it down and making it happen, and I've been out begging for money on the internet. Yep. Um, donate now, WashingtonWomenInJazz.com slash donate. So um, it's coming together, and that's going to be our kickoff event on March the 5th. Mm-hmm. And we have really just reached out to everybody in the Washington Women in Jazz community, um, sent out a call for submissions, and got a, a bunch of really awesome stuff, artwork and more zine type DC music scene stuff, but also we got more academic journal things mm. that are happening. Um, I'm putting in a lead sheet for one of my songs with a little, uh, you know, exercise, like a guitar magazine vibe there. Um, and then we just have like really beautiful artwork from different artists that have been on the festival and um, some that haven't, but you know, it's a lot of through line with women and music. And my favorite thing is that I got to interview Dee Dee Bridgewater Mm. who has, you know, won multiple Grammys and Tonys and is just absolutely fascinating and incredible and um, is continues to give back constantly. So mm. I got to interview her um, as an excuse for this magazine. Yes. And uh, it was delightful. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. And it's actually coming out in a physical magazine. It's not an internet magazine. It's a real life paper magazine. Like you could get a paper cut yes. from my magazine. So be careful. <laughs> Um, maybe sharp. Get, get your band-aids ready. Everything's sharp. <laughs> uh, no rounded corners on my magazine pages. Um, the logo does have nice rounded corners, though. But, uh, yeah, the turnaround. So hopefully uh, it's going to be a big hit and people are going to buy it with their real money. And uh, we're going to give them real paper. Mm-hmm. And we have already have real stickers. Yes. So um, it's a branding Really a, a complete, fantastic branding situation. So we've got that coming. And then our second issue, God willing, will be in September. Ooh. So I'm keeping it rolling. Yes. What inspired you to make a magazine? I love so many things about DC. And one of the things I love about DC is like the zine culture mm-hmm. and the nerd culture. Yep. The, the academic side of the music scene here is hilarious. I love it so much. And, you know, I have my master's degree in jazz from Howard University. I love a good, you know, trip to the Library of Congress to look up Charles Mingus's original memoir, uh, the unedited version. You Ooh. know, that's like a Sunday. It's a lovely oh. time, you know? Wow. To hear like radio edits of Charlie Parker mm-hmm. that were never released. And, and it's just a magical place, D.C., for jazz nerds. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to have a nerd spot. Where we could uh, <laughs> we could uh, have have you know have some academic things written about women in jazz, written about um, uh, female musicians in the in the city and beyond. But I also wanted to have something where we could bring different parts of the community in that might not necessarily um, be presented on the festival as performers. But are a lot of people who wrote for the magazine are performers in their own right, or they don't live in D.C. but they've played at the festival before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can't, you know, my friend Biggie Vinklo did an interview um, with a wonderful uh, musician in India and and just like their conversation uh, about being, a, you know, an improviser um, coming from different spaces. Just it, It's just something that I've wanted to do for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it really came together when I got an email from Cameron, uh, Cameron Newman, and she met me at Georgetown University. I did a residency last year. And she's a student there. And she was like, I just want to do something cool with you. You seem really cool. And it was the kindest thing. And I was like, okay, well, send me your resume. And like, 
I have plenty of things we could do. <laughs> like I have a lot of thoughts. Um, and she sent it to me and she has all this journalism experience and she's, you know, been an editor for the, the newspaper there at Georgetown. And, um, and I, so that kind of got it rolling. And then a Maestro came on and she wrote about me when I moved back to DC, wrote a beautiful, um, article about me for Capital Bop, mm. which is a great, uh, DC jazz portal. If, um, you haven't heard about it, but capitalbop.com and, um, so she wrote that about me, and it was one of the few things that I've ever had <laughs> written about me that didn't mention what I looked like or how tall I was or how old I was. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Or just, like, general weird girl things um, that people like to put in articles. And I was like, oh, this is nice. So you're, like, talking about things I do. Right. Yeah, That's cool. the important part. Like a journalist. Mm. Um, much love to all the other weirdos that have written about me. But... Uh, it was my favorite by far, and so I brought her on board, um, and that's when it really, it really took off. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited; it's been so delightful to do. So that's awesome. I know that you know, in terms of zines, like you know, obviously the hardcore thing in DC yeah. has spawned a lot of zines in that culture. But uh, is this is this something kind of new in the DC jazz scene? First, you know. Uh, uh, um, a, a scholarly journal with also some fun flair in it as well. Yeah, I think it's, this is a, you know, it's an interesting combination of things that I feel like is um, really appealing to me and hopefully to other people. It's a very omnivorous um, scene that we have where people are, you know, they're down to read some academic stuff and then down to read some more esoteric stuff and see some artwork. And, and um, that's what makes DC so great is that, people go all over the place you know you go to a punk show one night and then you go out the next night and whatever you're seeing is is going to be awesome so um definitely the the dc punk archive at the at the the mlk library was a huge inspiration for me i love looking at those collections and looking at the posters and looking at the handmade signs and stuff like that and that's why coming from uh the the jazz culture there is a huge diy jazz culture uh here that i think was uh, a, a big part of Capital Bob and a part of the beginning of Washington Women in Jazz is uh, Luke Stewart, who's a wonderful bassist and person. And he really introduced me to a lot of those spaces like the Red Door and Union Arts and mm-hmm. um, Rhizome. And we've presented a lot of shows at those types of spaces. So it just kind of aligned with what we were doing community-wise to bring people in uh, in a different way and to also have something... Uh, at the show that people could take home that's tangible, um, that'll broaden their concept of what this music is and and who we are as a community. That's awesome. Yeah. Love that. What can you tell us about the festival? Who's playing? Where are they playing? Yes, me. I'm playing on my own festival. <laughs> oh, man. I You know, I made this thing so I could play with all my favorite women musicians. And um, when I started it 13 years ago, I hadn't played with really very very many women musicians at all oh. uh, the only one that i had played with was uh well i'd played with with uh sarah hughes and lee pilzer and and shannon gunn down at bohemian caverns we used to play down there every monday night mm-hmm. um but i hadn't really you know there was people i wanted to bring in that i was like oh, man i just i wish i could play with them and then i was like what if i just make a festival then they'll have to come i'm gonna make it into a big thing i'm gonna make a logo if you make a logo, they will come. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> so I, you know, I made a, a little flyer and I, I got Twins Jazz on board, R.I.P. 
and um they you know they really supported me uh the twins that they just really helped me out that first year so yeah so the festival has really come out of a, a personal project and now has blown up into uh, in my face, but also in a great way. <laughs> it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and people keep coming to me um, talking about things they want to present and, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a treat. So all that say it said, it's very me heavy and I'm, I'm fine with it. So I, <laughs> I am playing with a lot of great people. Mm-hmm. Um, the very first night of the festival is my, my trio with uh, Corinne Chapdelaine on bass and Angel Bethay on drums. Corinne and I went to Howard University together. She's a fabulous bassist from... Uh, outside of Montreal and she's been here for over 10 years now and is just like totally one of my arms at this point she's incredible and Angel I've known since she was 14 and now she's not 14 Mm. and um, has really just been somebody that has taken off musically and is a big inspiration for me Um, and the three of us spent uh, a lot of time together this year including we did a two-week residency uh, in St. Croix and it was so beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I wrote a bunch of new music there and um, we've been working on it. So we're going to play a lot of that. Um, and that's on, on March the 6th, which is the beginning of the four week residency that I'm doing at Blues Alley. Nice. Yeah. So there's a ton of stuff. <laughs> I don't even know where. I'm like, oh, yeah. I can talk about all the gigs. All the gigs. Yes. But everything is everything is on the website, WashingtonWomenInJazz.com. Um, and every Monday at Blues Alley, I'll be presenting a different group. So the very first group is my trio. The second group. Uh, is something that I'm doing with Alex Hamburger. It's called Biomorphic Forms, Ooh. which is a fun name. Yep. Um, Nailed so it. Exactly. So we love plants. We love animals and uh, strange sounds. So it'll be Alex Hamburger and Nicole Davis and uh, Keith Butler on drums. And then uh, the third week I have Lee Pilzer, and she's presenting her septet, which is called Seven Pointed Star. Ooh. So it's a super cool super group. And uh, includes a lot of the the women from Diva Jazz Orchestra, um, Sherry Miracle on drums. And so a lot of people who've been running this uh, women in jazz enthusiasm game for much longer than I have. And um, really great people. And then the the last week of the Blues Alley Residency, I'll have uh, Anna Barrero, who's a great drummer. And we have a quintet together, too. And we just did a tour last year and won a grant. And we've been trying to win things. And uh, she's delightful as well, so. That's amazing. Let's hear some music. Yeah. That's going to be featured in the festival. That sounds great. Um, The song we're going to hear next is by Alex Hamburger, and it's called Waking in the City. Yes. Curtains forcing their will against the wind. Children sleep exchanging dreams with seraphim. The city drags itself away on subway straps and iron. Stretching into dawn, unmasked, unheeded. Mm-hmm. 
That song was called Waking in the City by Alex Hamburger. What can you tell us about that song? Uh, nothing at all other than I love Alex Hamburger. <laughs> she is a treat. That is from her most recent record, which is really awesome. She uh, recorded it in Switzerland while she was there on like a two-year residency. Ooh. Yes, where she, I believe is where she met her now husband, mm -hmm. uh, who is also a, a great musician. And um, Alex was, we met when she was part of the the Emerging Artist Showcase in like, I don't even know, early years, like 2013 maybe. Mm -hmm. I've done this showcase um, for college students and some high school students, um, women and non-binary students for since the second year of the festival. So she was uh, there early on and I don't even, I don't even know, but she heard about it. She came down, she crushed she sounded wonderful. Mm. And then uh, a couple of years after that, I invited her to come and play uh, again at the festival with her friend, Nicole Davis, who plays the trumpet. And I was like, they have a cool thing going on. Really great sound. Really, they both write, write a lot of music. Um, they both sing in addition to playing. Uh, they're just super, super cool musicians. And Nicole lives up in New York and she's coming down for the festival. And we put a band together for Alex's uh, residency at Strathmore last year. Mm. So we started playing together um, along with Keith Butler on the drums and Nicole plays trumpet and some synthesizer stuff. And Alex, of course, plays the flute, but she also has some pedals and vocals. And I play piano and keyboards and whatever else I can find in my house. So this will be our first official concert together. Cool. So it's a, it's a bit of a band debut. Um, and I'm very, very excited because playing music with them is really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Does this band have or need a name? Oh, this is Biomorphic Forms. Yes. I know. I, um, I just, I have a list of band names. And so I sent them, uh, I sent like the three of them, Keith and, and Alex and Nicole. And I was like, guys, we have, we have to pick a band name today. I need to send in all of this information to Blues Alley so they can post it on their website. We got to sell some tickets. Yep. Here's your band name, A, B, or C. And I don't even remember what the other ones were, <laughs> but Keith voted for one, and then Nicole and Alex both voted for Biomorphic Forms. And I was like, Keith, you've been outvoted. Oh, yeah. And this is the Washington Women in Jazz Festival. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very sorry that women's votes count for double. Um, and so we're just going to go with Biomorphic Forms. Yeah. I love it. As long as you can get the domain name or the Bandcamp right, URL or whatever, it's what you need. <laughs> we'll take it. That's good. <laughs> so that wh when's that show happening? That is the second Monday of March, March the 13th. Lucky 13 for mm. the 13th festival. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is awesome. How hard was it starting a festival? Like, you didn't have previous festival experience, right? <laughs> and you just, like, just decided, I'm going to make this festival into a real thing, and I'm not just going to make it into a one-time thing. Yeah. I'm going to keep it going and keep it going. Yeah. Uh, what? How did, how did that go, and what's your secret? Yeah, wow. My secret is conning people into volunteering for me and and uh, making everyone love me mm -hmm. with my delightful personality yep. and then reminding them over and over and over and over again to come to my jazz festival. <laughs> so please come on out, WashingtonWomenInJazz.com backslash events. Um, so, you know, really, but seriously, the, the, the first year I was just completely naive. So I had no real idea of the amount of effort it takes to promote things. I had been promoting myself um, as, you know, my act, my trio, mm -hmm. 
we've been doing gigs around town. Um, then I went back to grad school at Howard. I did a couple of residencies at the Kennedy Center. I put out a record and I was like, this is my moment. I put out a record. Everybody look at me. And no one looked at me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I will take your gaze now. I will take one review. I will take a nice comment on my website. I will take an email. I will take a phone call from somebody telling me that they heard my record. I will take uh, someone unlocking the door at WPFW when I come by with CDs. So none of those things happened. And um, I, I had no idea how to promote things. And so I was like, okay, I need to recalibrate in my brain what it means to be a person who relies on the community to show up for them not only mentally (laughs) but financially you know what my entire career has been based off of other people putting money down to listen to my music and um I'm filled with endless gratitude but also it's it's really exhausting to maintain that um to maintain the the uh you know the email newsletter and the internet slog i am famous though i found out yesterday because somebody faked an instagram account with my name on it yes i saw that so i'm famous now and that's what it takes um and so you know like just maintaining all that stuff is is not um as fun as it should be like it should be any amount of fun and it's kind of (laughs) it's kind of like oh I, i should put that up again um but when i started the social media thing was new you know it was mm-hmm. like barack obama got elected on facebook and i put on a jazz festival on facebook in 2011 and um and it was great and capital bop was just starting yep that was great and i had uh i you know put up a something on twitter yep and i got the news to come i put up something yes. on twitter and i got photographers to come and take photos for me and i paid them afterwards if i liked them wow <laughs> yeah exactly which i feel kind of bad about now but thanks guys for coming out <laughs> and ladies i had a couple lady photographers it was great um and, but a lot of people just wanted to to be there and to support and to show up and i think when you are conceiving of something you have no idea how it's going to be received mm-hmm. by other people and so the very first year i was like okay let's see uh am i going to keep doing this and i did put on the on the first flyer i put inaugural yeah washington women in jazz festival i didn't even put the first i put inaugural as if you need to know now i'm here right <laughs> i'm your new jazz president it's me <laughs> amy k Borman, and i would like to give you jazz um but it's been a real boon for me and and such a treat to be able to continue to present a really wide range of music um even though if people don't listen to jazz, maybe they're thinking jazz isn't that wide ranging, but it is oh, man. <laughs> There's so much going on so much. that is categorized. And it's like, like the other yep. of the music world. Yeah. Um, so anything that happens uh, with improvisation, anything that happens with swing, anything that happens, um, you know, in the black American music tradition, I have attempted to put into this festival um, the the people behind that, the the personalities and the musicians that um, mean a lot to me and mu- their music speaks to me and I love playing with them and uh, sharing that music with my audience that I've been building up throughout the rest of the year with my personal career. So <laughs> it's a treat. It's a real treat. But it's yeah. Amazing. Love it. <laughs> Forever sustaining. 
I think one of my favorite people that um, was there at the very beginning and even for like the idea, the, the forming of the idea of I want to play with these people was uh, Lee Pilzer, who is incredible baritone saxophone player and, and all the other saxophones and all the other things that she can find in her house. She is uh, just an absolutely phenomenal woman and professor at mm -hmm. University of Maryland and got her doctorate, went back to school and got her doctorate a few years ago um, in jazz and is a huge scholar for women in jazz and for bebop and and it's just a great great player and she's been playing with diva jazz orchestra for a long time and this year i she was on the very first festival and has been on every festival since and this year i convinced her that we needed to start a big band together to present on the festival <laughs> and i was like you know what i'm not busy enough planning a festival i nope. think that you should help me have a big band yeah. So also you made a magazine. Oh yeah. Also the <laughs> magazine. All these things are interrelated. Yep. They're all the same in my brain. There's like one giant file folder and oh I just throw God. them all in there. Wow. Yeah. You should see my computer, but um, <laughs> yeah. So, so Lee is the jam and I, I really wanted to, to showcase her on this festival. So not only is she doing her septet, um, which I'm playing on uh, at blues alley, but oh. we're also doing this giant big band. <laughs> It's called the Celestial Spangalang Ensemble. Whoa. Whoa. Mm -hmm. And we'll be in the Lang Theater at uh, the Atlas Performing Arts Center. Nice. On uh, St. Patrick's Day. So. So we're green. Yeah. I'm. If I sell it out, I'm going to jig. Yep. That's my, like my whole plan. <laughs> I was like, I just want to sell out the Lang yep. so I can do a jig. It's going to happen. A jiggling. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I wanted to share that with you, too. This is... Um, Lee Pilzer writes a lot of really great arrangements for Diva in, uh, along with playing baritone sax. And um, this is one of my favorites. Ooh. This one's called East Coast Andy. Not to be confused with West Coast Andy. Different person. Entirely. Totally different people. Yeah. That's the other song, actually.
was East Coast Andy by Lee, Lee Pilzer. Lee Pilzer yes. and the Diva, Diva Jazz, Jazz Orchestra. Orchestra. That's yes. amazing. That's amazing. I They're love that. Best. I love that big band sound. It's so great. Yeah. It's super, super swinging. Just fills your heart up. Yeah. We're going to have a super, super swinging night. I feel like we should probably get some Irish jigs in for St. Patrick's Day. Um, so I just want anybody who is coming out, if you bring 20 people with you, <laughs> I will arrange your favorite Irish jig. So mm. just just let me know. Amy at WashingtonWomenAjazz.com. That's a thing that can happen. That's a thing that can happen. I'm looking for a sponsor for an Irish jig. You have to buy 20 tickets to the Celestial Spangling Ensemble. It's going to be 18 people. I got a lot of people to pay, y'all. I, I try to try to pay people. Yeah. It's hard. It's a musician. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people to pay. You know, mama's getting a little stressed. Yeah. Jazz doesn't seem very economically viable sometimes. Oh, man. The arts. Am I right? Well, that's true. Yeah. Mm. Um, how, what is your, what is your origin story about jazz? How did you get into jazz? Wow. Um, this seems very formative for you. So it's, yeah, yeah. I have liked jazz for a long time. Yeah. Jazz and I have been very close. Um, really like the, the primordial part was, um, pre my, my pre Duke Ellington years, Mm -hmm. pre high school, I lived in Oregon and we would go to, my friends were super super cool just like me and we would go to swing dancing night at the crystal ballroom in downtown portland where they have springs on the floor and my best friend janine to this day can still like do the splits and jump over your head and she was a great um a great dancer and so i would go down and like kind of just hold her hand and dance with her and we would go there all the time and i really got into big band and my mom is a clarinet player so it was a lot of benny goodman mm-hmm. um it was a lot of ella um a lot of jazz singers that was sort of how i started listening to it and then of course playing it in middle school jazz band super swinging and then um <laughs> from there kind of i started i was like i'm gonna have my own jazz trio like monk i'm gonna play felonious monk tunes Mm because that was my favorite which to to be fair still the best Mm, yes um so i i set up this jazz trio but the problem was my drummer was super super high all the time (laughs) and i had a big crush on my bass player so it (laughs) never went anywhere and um we had one gig and it was at a fundraiser that unsurprisingly i organized and threw for our jazz band (laughs) that was called swinging with spaghetti (laughs) <laughs> and I'm not joking. And we had really cool cummerbunds and uh, there was like patterns on them, like like different colors and stuff. And then the bow tie yep. and black pants, white shirt. Uh, nothing says women in jazz like a cummerbund. And um, no cummerbunds on my festival, damn it. Uh, yeah, so we had Swinging with Spaghetti and my, my debut of my very first trio, my drummer was very I, mean, I don't even know what kind of he probably invented his own drugs and he <laughs> almost fell asleep on top of the drum set and then the wow. bass player yelled at him um shout out jonathan downer i still love you and he's still playing the bass um in portland oregon so um we made it jonathan and i made it out alive yep um but but the drummer i don't know where he where he went to oh. um but from there i uh my dad moved to dc and um i came to visit him for labor day and he was like, hey, there's this school. You're never going to believe what it's called. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> he was like, it's called Duke Ellington School of the Arts. And I was like, well, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. So I came out for Labor Day weekend. And the Friday before Labor Day, 
um, I auditioned at the school. Mm. And then school started on Tuesday. And I was like, great, I'm going. Oh, my God. And I did not take my ticket home to Oregon. What? Left my, left my mom in Oregon, went to TJ Maxx and bought a dress for school. <laughs> and showed up in a orange paisley dress on the Tuesday after Labor Day, yep. ready to proclaim my extreme devotion to jazz that will allow me to move across the country. So that's how I got into jazz. <laughs> Love that. Yes, it was wow. the best. Oh my god! Once I was there, that was that was the end. Yeah, yeah. I had Davey Yarbrough, the best teacher in the entire history of jazz, and um, he he got me. He hooked me. Now here I am. Yep. Talking about jazz on podcasts. Yes, I mean it is just a through line <laughs> for the whole thing. You know, it like it's all happening. Yes. Oh my gosh, how how is the DC jazz music scene doing? after the pandemic <laughs> emotionally <Like>. or financially <laughs> any of the above we're in the gutter for both my friend oh, no. oh we're in the gutter um you know i am feeling good i'm i'm feeling good um mostly because i'm very excited about this festival <laughs> so ask me in april how i'm feeling but yep. um i'm feeling great right now so many things to be excited about uh dc has Lost a lot of really great venues for jazz, and that was starting before the pandemic. Yep. And then, you know, total hammer in the coffin um, for the pandemic and during the pandemic. And we lost a lot of incredible musicians in the scene. Mm. Um, we lost a lot of elders who were really important members of our community. Yep. Um, a lot of teachers. Well, we, you know, like everyone else, we lost a lot of people, but. Uh, you know we're we're doing our best. I think that uh, they there were things that happened that were blessings during the pandemic, which was things like the the group that started coming together around the Capitol Hill Jazz Foundation and and you know you know that group well the the DC Music Stakeholders mm-hmm. group that started meeting um, twice a week and really talking about resources and how we could save some of these venues and how we could support what people were trying to do. Uh, playing in parks and um, making sure that we were doing our best to see that food was distributed and that mm-hmm. grants were being written um, for people who might not have access to uh, to grants and that money was being redistributed as, as best could be and, and that policy was continuing to uh, think about the arts and think about musicians during the pandemic, um, which uh, one could argue that it, it could have gone better, but... Um, we did what we we did what we could, and I think that that strengthened a lot of the community. Mm-hmm. So now we're kind of on the other side of that feeling, and I think everyone is overwhelmed. It feels like we came back without really having a conversation about what happened, mm. and that we went immediately back into attempting the old-fashioned overworking, hustling promoting parts of our music community without really talking about anything, uh, without really talking about proper pay Mm. for venues, Uh, you know, without really talking about unionizing, Mm. without really talking about how we can support the older members of our scene, how we can have access to healthcare for artists in the city. The, The really important things that were brought up during the pandemic have faded now that everyone is panicking and just grabbing as much work as possible to pay off what they mm. uh, went into debt for 
during wow. the pandemic. So that's that's where we're at. We're still swinging though. Everybody sounds good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. And I, <laughs> and I hear that you have a magazine. I do have a magazine. And these seem like really good things to bring up. Yes. In that format. Same same vibe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's um, a lot of a lot of really good um, really good articles in the magazine, uh, interviews, and talking about this type of stuff, and of course talking about equity, uh, gender equity. Yep. In the music industry, um, Dr. Thomas Stanley has a really great article on More Mother talking about um, the work that she's been doing, um, just imagining a better future for musicians. <sighs> so, yeah, it's a lot. I think it's, it's, um, it's, it's so, such a political city that you can't be a musician in the city and not know what needs to be changed. <laughs> You know, I think most musicians, if you ask them, would tell you exactly what they needed, that they need health care and that they need better grants and that they need affordable housing. And it's not really anything that is different from what regular non-music humans need. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Very important. Uh, so we need that. So there's a, you know, there's a connection to be made there to um, to create a coalition with all the other things that are happening in the city to support those those issues and, and and that will raise all boats um, within the music community too. That's what we need. Yeah. We need a strong music community. You know, I need it because I need to go out to see some more live music. <laughs> like I need a show. I need shows. We damn need it. we need some more jazz venues. Is yes. really what we need. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. Um, let's hear some more music on the podcast. This is by Amy Anna, and this is called Voltron, it's Defender of the so Universe. Scary. Get ready for a robot battle. <laughs>
That was Voltron Defender of the Universe, which I was like, when you sent that over, I was very pleased that we were playing a song called such a non-jazz title. Yeah, like you that. you were the only one that likes the title um, because the <laughs> internet um, insists that I'm trolling and they're like, this is a scam. This is not the theme song from Voltron. Like I have a lot of nasty comments and thumbs down on the YouTube video of this. Um, but I love it. And yeah. I, you know, when we, when we do it live, that middle part with yeah. the, with the robot battle yep. between the horns lasts a really long time. <laughs> like, it, and it gets really overdramatic, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's, there's crying and there's, there's angry looks and there's a lot of passion. That's so what jazz should be, right? It's super fun. I like to play it for kids, too. Like, we've played for kids, and it's the best because kids don't really care what's going on yeah. other than drama. They love drama. Yes. They're here for a battle, um, you know? So it's pretty It's pretty fun. That's amazing. It is the final track on the album, Amy Anna, um, and it is available on Bandcamp. It is. If you are the type to buy music. If you like to buy music, boy, do I have a deal for you. Yes. Check out strangewomanrecords.com. That's my record label. You have a record label? I do. I know. And I have holographic stickers to prove it. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I got one of those stickers earlier, and I asked who does the art on the sticker, and the answer was... It was me. It was you. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> you do everything. I'm um, just out here just doodling. Oh, my gosh. Tell us about Amy Anna. Oh, man. So this is my girl, Anna Barrero, and she uh, was a magical unicorn brought into my life when I was in L.A. And my, my husband, Matt Devendorf, was getting his doctorate at USC, and he was teaching there. And one of, like, the first days of school, he was like, oh, buddy, do I have a person that you need to meet? And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And he was like, I met this woman. She's from Brazil. Ooh. She plays the drums, and she is incredible musician. She's just incredible. Mm. And I've been obsessed with Brazil and pretending I was Brazilian for, like, decades. Like, I don't even wow. know. I don't even, yeah, I don't mm. even... I don't even know how long it's been. It's been forever. I yeah. love Brazilian music so much. Mm. And uh, Matt and I have played a lot of Brazilian music. And uh, I just, I love Brazilian culture. I love Brazilian musicians. I love Brazilian people. I love Brazilian food. I love Brazil. I love the beach. I, lo I love everything about Brazil. And so uh, I also, turns out, also love women in jazz. So it was really yeah. a twofer. Yeah. And... Um, as soon as I could, I ran over to USC and bumped into her. And I was like, yeah, let's jam. Let's yeah. jam. Let's play some jazz. <laughs> and so then we, we started going out to jam sessions together. Every lady needs a jam session buddy. Oh, yeah. Um, especially when it's in downtown LA and people um, are... are uh, do not. It's not great downtown LA. <laughs> it's like a. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Blade Runner. It's very similar. And um, <laughs> they filmed it in downtown LA. And... Um, so we started going to jam sessions together and hanging out, and then we started playing gigs together. I was calling her for stuff, and she was calling me for stuff, and we played recordings together. And um, we took a gig together in Sacramento, and we drove up to Sacramento. And the whole way up, I was just like stealing her phone and making her listen to all this music, and she was like, oh, Go-Go is nice. And I was like, yeah, Go-Go is nice. Yes. Like, yeah, we should play some Go-Go. I was like, okay. Wow. Um, and then uh, we played some Go-Go at the gig, and then we drove back. And then uh, on the way back, she was like, yeah, we should um, we should get a gig. And I was like, yeah, we should get a gig with our music, yeah, our stuff. And uh, so we did. And then, you know, we kept gigging. Mm -hmm. And then we finally made a made a record. Mm -hmm. So 
that's the story. And she's still in LA. She's still in LA. We're still playing together. We did a tour of Brazil. Um, we did a tour of the East Coast. We we got a grant from uh, Jazz Roads, South Arts Jazz Roads grant, mm-hmm. um, which is a national touring jazz touring grant. So if there's any jazz musicians listening, check out Jazz Roads from South Arts. Um, they have a rolling. I think it's three or four times a year at this point. You can apply. That's awesome. Uh, and it's great, and mm-hmm. they will help you get to places that are generally underserved for jazz. So we played um, in Bridgewater, Virginia, and mm-hmm. um, just you know playing in different different places that aren't typically, um, you know, might not have jazz clubs. So you can do alternative venues, things like that. And to support that happening, they've created this uh, this grant from the Doris Duke Foundation. So it's pretty sweet. Um, definitely apply for that and. Yeah, so we're we've been playing together and and trying to keep it happening. So she's coming out here um, for the finale of the festival, which is the last Monday in March at Blues Alley on the the twenty seventh. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a big treat. Wow, where are some of the other places that are hosting some WWJF shows? So many things. So we have uh, the magazine launches at Eaton Workshop. That's the very first day. Um, we have also Jazz Night at Westminster, which is a great 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 spot to see music as a church in southwest it's like the funnest hang they have food in the basement you can just go and eat macaroni and cheese and fried fish and then uh hang out upstairs and and watch the great music um i also so i have integrity reeves playing with me there and she's somebody that has been since day one a ride or die washington women in jazz she showed up um she called me when I when I put out that on Facebook that I was doing this festival. She called me and she was like, "You need some help. What do you need? Aww. What do you need from me?" And and um, I know her from Duke Ellington School of the Arts. I know her from Howard University. And she's a phenomenal singer songwriter. Um, she was an Afro Blue at Howard, and uh, yep. she's just incredible. And so she showed up on the very first day at Twins and was like collecting money and and handing out flyers and and talking it up and um and then she played at the red door um the very first year of washington women in jazz festival too so that's a, a diy art space that's gone now but it used to be in chinatown and so anyway she's been uh, uh integral part of the festival since the beginning and so she'll be at uh westminster and southwest um we have the atlas performing arts center on h street that's where we're going to have our giant big band the celestial spangling ensemble um, that'll be on St. Patrick's Day, the 17th, at the Atlas, and that's part of the Intersections Festival. We're mm-hmm. collaborating with them um, to put that event on. Um, we also have one of my favorite places to hang out uh, up in Hyattsville. I think this is our only non-DC show, like DC proper. Right. Just up the up the road, uh, the Arts District in Hyattsville, my dear friend Bob Harper, who's a jazz enthusiast and bookstore man, he uh, has this great spot called My Dead Aunt's Books. <laughs> and uh, you'll never guess how he got his first book collection. Uh, it's a great story. I'll leave the mystery to you. So uh, it's super great. And they have a little ghost ghost logo. Um, you can see it on our, on our oh. website. <laughs> it's up there. It's the ghost holding books. Anyway, uh, we're going to be playing there. And this is a really cool showcase that... Um, came up because of Sarah Friedrich, the wonderful songwriter. Mm -hmm. And she started a songwriting group during the pandemic. So we're going to be featuring uh, several songwriters that are in the DC, women songwriters that are in the DC area that have been a part of that group. Uh, And Sarah also wrote an article about 
about the group for the turnaround, the magazine. So nice. tie in there. Um, and we'll be selling the magazine, of course, at my dead aunt's books. Um, and you can buy all of the books you've ever wanted. And it's also, there's a, a vintage clothing store right in that same space too. So it's a cool spot. Wow. Um, right across from Franklin's up in Hyattsville. Uh, and then we have Mr. Henry's, which is like my hang. It's Mr. Oh, Henry's yeah. feels like my church. I go there all the time. Yep. It's a great, 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 great place. You can eat some nachos and hear some real good music. And we'll, so we'll be at Mr. Henry's not only um, for the Emerging Artist Showcase, which is going to be awesome with the college mm-hmm. students, high school students, but also for uh, the jam session in the middle of the month on the 15th mm-hmm. uh, with the Capitol Hill Jazz Foundation and Herb Scott, my buddy on the saxophone, holding it down, keeping that jam session going for years and years now. And I'm so, so, so happy that that continues because I love it there. Uh, and then we'll be at the Goethe Institute um, with Zoe Jorgensen and her trio. She's coming in. Uh, that's a really nice spot. You get a glass of wine. You hang out. It's going to be a Sunday afternoon vibe. Nice. She's an amazing bassist and singer. And she's also uh, has been on the Emerging Artist Showcase years ago and now has returned um, to have her own show. And then, of course, the finale um, at Blues Alley. So, so many Blues Alley shows. Yep. It's yep. very fancy. We're, we're getting fancy here with Washington Women in Jazz. We're going to have venues that have sound systems and Ooh. grand pianos. Yes. We're just, we're getting fancy. So, um, it's so many, so many good shows. And I, I think that this is a, a really wild mix of things. So there's something for any jazz head and any non-jazz head. Yeah. And it's going to take up the whole month of March. <laughs> it's just your whole month covered right there. Yeah. Set. You yeah. don't even have to worry about anything. WashingtonWomenInJazz.com. Yep. Fill of the jazz. <laughs> Love it. Amy Borman, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is so great. I love it. Jazz is definitely an area that I love, but definitely I'm not like as tapped in to the scene as I want to be. And that's why I'm friends with you. There you go. Yes. Now you're going to meet everybody yep. on the Washington Women in Jazz Festival. Yes. I'm going to have be like, are there even time. men in jazz? You don't know. No, don't even you know. Don't even Who know. cares? <laughs> yeah, it's not what it's for. <laughs> We're going to play one last song to head out. Before we go, let us talk about the socials. Social media, still a thing. Still a thing. Still a thing. Despite Elon Musk's efforts. Oh, my God. We just keep tweeting along. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So where can people follow you on the socials? Um, Me, I'm at at Amy K. Bormit, B-O-R-M-E-T, on all the things. And then uh, the festival is at Fest. Yet again, on all of the things. Um, I'm not on TikTok. I haven't made it there yet. Mm. But, you know, maybe somebody will impersonate me and go ahead and set up an account for me and then I won't have to do the work. <laughs> Hope for the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and of course, my website, my personal website is amykborman.com and my record label that I run with my incredible husband, Matt Devendorf, is called Strange Woman Records. So strangewomanrecords.com. You guys have a band camp? We have so many band camps. Yes. I have a band camp. He has a band camp. We have the <laughs> we have the record label band camp. We have the Amy on a band camp. We have a, another trio record band camp. We have uh, so many things. Wow. So many band camps. I heard if you get more, more band camps, yeah. Yeah. you get more dollars. Sure. I think keep making them. <laughs> is that how capitalism <laughs> works? I haven't figured it out. But um, if you give me money, I can pay my bills. It's incredible. Yeah. That's yeah. what we need. We mm-hmm. need Amy to pay her bills and make more <laughs> jazz and keep everything going. Because there's so many plates spinning in the air right now. All of it. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to play one other song from the Amy Anna album. This one's called Tuhino. What does that mean? <laughs> I appreciate you trying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? This song has been 
I, people keep asking me what this means, and I keep asking on it, and I just get more and more confused. So it's <laughs> it's inyo. All right. And um, it has something to do. It means like the anthem, but it's also it's like slang for like like condensed written out slang for I'm coming, like a sto indu. Okay. So, but when you combine it, it's just to indu. All right. Like I'm, I am like I will be there shortly. So oh. you'll be like, oh man, I'm coming, I'm coming. You know, like I'll be there. But it also means the anthem. So there's like part of the Brazilian anthem in the song. Mm. Uh, and then it has this bouncy, this bouncy thing happening that feels like it's it's a little bit anxious in a fun way. I hope you all like it. Thank you so <laughs> much for listening. Thank you, Amy. My pleasure. See you all next time. <laughs>